This is The Playbook. Welcome to Office Hours. I'm David Meltzer, and I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have great innovators, entrepreneurs, and people, people. That's what you guys are. You are about all the people, and that's why I brought our first guest on. Um, he has a significant role in the corporate world. He's the senior vice president of a small company called Pepsi. Um, but he's also the chief design officer, and he's one of the most innovative and innovative and talented people that I've ever spoken to. Welcome, Mauro Porcini, to Office Hours. Thanks for having me. You're too kind with me. Oh, no, you deserve it, because what I love about everything you're about, you would think someone that's in design has only this creative side of what they talk about, but you really talk about the human side not the creative side, the human side of innovation, the power of the people in love with the people. Everything's about the people, which is what we're about. And where do you think this people-centric, human-centric type of inspiration comes from? Because you're truly a famous artist within the corporate world and beyond, and your design and creativity is so, uh, ex to me, it's, it's just so ex extraordinary, but you're really just some people person. Look, I think I was lucky in life because on one side, this passion for people comes from within and probably from the education of my parents that my parents gave me. So I always, I've been always in love with other people and I love to connect with them and talk to them and, and listen to them and it's been always my passion in life. Then I started to be a designer and a designer in corporations. And I realized that over the years, I realized that people-centricity, human-centricity actually is a phenomenal competitive advantage for these companies in two dimensions. One is uh, people-centricity in everything you do, putting people before profit, uh, before technologies, before uh, branding people before anything, focusing on their needs, wants, and creating something extraordinary for them, and everything else will come. And then the other dimension of these people, in you know, love with people, is the people driving all of this, the entrepreneurs, the uh, creative people of the world, the, world, the people that are trying to change the status quo, to change the world for the better. And so this is the other dimension of those people that I love. People in love with people talks about these two dimensions of the human being, the innovators and the focus of the innovators that, has, that is other people. Mr. Porcini, this is awesome being here. My, my last name is Sarasani. Whenever I'm overseas in Italy, they call me Cerasani. I, I love that you keep that <laughs> CH uh, noise there. I, I got a two-part question for you. The first one, just please a simple yes or no. I, I see that you were on the 40 under 40 for, for Fortune magazine. That's a, that's a pretty big publication. Um, myself. That's a yes. yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're like, that's what the notes say. Make, Moro says, make sure you mention that. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I was on the 40 under 40 for, for a much smaller publication, not, not the size of Fortune. But, but when I tell people, I, I don't mention that it's not you know, Fortune. Um, does that bother you when people do that? <laughs> um, the, the, the real question I have for you, though, is, you know, you, you being a design type of person, a creative type of person, but you're in corporate America at, at major organizations, what, what's it like at the C-suite level with, with your peers being probably the end of the, the other end of the spectrum in terms of, like, 
you know, the CFO types and then the design types, but here you guys are um, creating visions for, for large organizations together. Great question. Look, you know, in general, I think that every human being try all the time to belong to something. It's one of the Maslow pyramid uh, needs that we have. We need to belong to something. So I am a designer. I need to be a designer. I am a business person. I need to be labeled as a business person. That's what I do. This is what HR uh, used to define. You are a marketing leader. You are a finance leader or you are a leader. In my life, I always love instead to find my identity in the gray areas. So I'm, I'm a designer, but the design world doesn't really recognize me completely as a designer because somehow I work in these corporations. I'm an executive of these companies and the business world for sure doesn't recognize me as a marketer or a business leader. I am like an alien visiting the planet. And I always love that dimension. I, I am an American citizen, but with my Italian accent, uh, uh, accent and I am a, an Italian citizen, but living in America, living suspended between these two different dimensions. I'm mentioning this because this is what I've been trying to do all my life. Understanding my own world, the one where I'm coming from, understanding the planets that I'm visiting and trying to connect the dots, trying to be uh, translate uh, somebody that translates different cultures and find the strengths of both cultures as well as the opportunities and the gaps and try to leverage those trends to create value for the organizations I work for, but ultimately for society. So this is my mission, what I do every single day. I'm there in the business world trying to convey the message of the design world, this message of human centricity, of purpose, of creating something positive for the world, for society, and for the planet, and leveraging what these corporations can give you, resources, access to billions of people every day, to try to deliver the kind of uh, value to the world out there. Great, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Mauro. Uh... I'm Andrew Morris. It's wonderful to be able to speak with you. So my background is financial technology, right? And you think, well, that, what does that have to do with design? But I became really fascinated with something called behavioral economics. And it's, it's, it's basically how design influences decision-making with, uh, with people, right? It's, it's that intersection between design and human behavior. And, and, FinTech, it's about making good financial decisions, but there are other ways that can be used. I'm interested to hear your comments about where design meets humanity in terms of decision-making and inspiring them. Talk about that a bit. Look, uh, once again, I always go back to my childhood. I always loved the, uh, I had this passion for understanding what was driving people, their needs, their wants, and, and in fact, in high school, I fell in love with the world of philosophy. Uh, that by definition, is that discipline that is all about understanding the root causes of everything, the primary causes, what drive every human being in what they do. And, and business, marketing, economics is all about that. It's all, it's all about understanding people, their needs, their wants. At design school, they teach you to be an ethnographer. They st you study in design school human science, ethnography, to really understand what drives people. Everything starts from there. 
And then you use the other two pillars of design thinking, what we call viability and feasibility. So there is desirability that is all about people, viability that is all about the business model and the business variables that you need to consider. And feasibility is all about how to make these things happen. And you connect the three dimensions by prototyping solutions. These solutions could be products, could be experiences, could be brands, could be anything you can imagine, anything that you serve to these people. And so design thinking in action uh, and is all about connecting the three dimensions, starting with people and ending with people and prototyping potential experiences and, and then learning out of this prototyping, observing them, seeing how they interact with what you are offering them and tweaking those solutions more and more in a cross-functional effort. Design thinking is not just about designers. It's about people with a, a finance background. It's about people with a technology background. It's marketing. It's all the different functions and disciplines and professional communities working together with this human centricity uh, as the main goal and the main driver of everything they do. Good point. Thank you. Mauro, one of the things that you said that I thought was really beautiful was that you found your identity in the gray areas. And I work with a lot of creative souls, and what I've noticed is that creative individuals, they feel pressure to live in the black and white, right? And oftentimes, they don't step outside of the box to step into what you do with this pushing the boundaries and the design and the innovation. So what words of encouragement would you have for somebody or advice for someone that wants to get out of the black and white and find their own identity in the gray? Well, you know, so many times society tried to normalize us. We are born as children with that ability, phenomenal ability to dream. Children dream, they have fantasies. And then society, once again, try to stop you from dreaming. They tell you that dreaming is a childish kind of activity. Um, and, and yet, young adults, you know, still protect that ability to dream. And then they, you know, they get out of school and they go to companies and they start to dream again. You know, they keep dreaming and those companies tell them, what are you doing? What are you trying to change? Who you do you think you are? Why are you so arrogant to think you can change anything? This is the situation. This is status quo. What you're thinking is naive. So my suggestion to uh, anybody listening to us right now is protect the magic ability to dream, to think big. But balance that with the ability to make things happen, to what are the right trade-offs, the right compromises, uh, to get towards that dream, to, 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 to journey towards that dream with incremental steps. Now, to do all of this, by definition, you need to have your own point of view. And this is so important, your original point of view. And your original point of view comes from your background, your biases, your history, your, your perspective, combined with the perspective of others that think differently from you. So the other advice is embrace diversity, embrace people that have different kinds of perspectives and respectfully create a dialogue with them and blend your perspective with the other perspective to build a new original perspective. We can call it the perspective of the gray area. 
But at the end of the day, it's nothing else that a new, unique, and different perspective that didn't exist before. So dream, make things happen, and have your own original point of view. Don't be afraid of the gray areas. Get out of your comfort zone. In the gray areas, you will find yourself, and you will find your happiness at the end of the day. <clears throat> and you're helping so many other people, but I have to ask a really quick question. Is it possible for you to speak without using your hands? <laughs> impossible. No. no. I mean, literally impossible. Uh, then you're truly an Italian. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think so you much more. You have to more. see what my feet are doing. I, I'm actually <laughs> You kicked <them. laughs> Anyway, uh, what a beautiful soul you are, and I cannot wait to read The Human Side of Innovation. I love people that love people, and the power of the people in love with people certainly describes you. Mauro Porcini, I have a new perspective of Pepsi because any company that would make you a senior vice president is definitely aligned with my values, my vision, and my dream. Mm -hmm. Thank you for aligning all of us with the human side of innovation and the power of love and the power of people. Come back and visit us soon. We appreciate you here on Office Hours.